You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. everybody and welcome back to old movie time machine this is the show in which we use color motion picture films made in the old us of a except for today between the years of 1945 and 1965 what we do with these films we're using them as windows into the past we open the window we climb through and we explore the world and the people living in that world beyond the window And while we do this, we're going to be asking some critical questions, such as these people that we're observing, we're watching their behaviors, taking notes, bringing back information. Who are these people? What are their habits? How are they treating each other? What decisions are they making? And why are they making them? And also, inarguably the most important part, what are they wearing and what do their living rooms look like? And then at the end of the show, we climb back through the window, we come back to present day, and we ask the ultimate question on behalf of all of society here in the early 21st century, which is, hey, you guys, this movie, the one, the world beyond the window, all that, the stuff I was just talking about, do we just keep watching this thing? Do we keep watching it? Or do we just cast it aside, let it kind of fade off into oblivion because there's nothing we can learn from here? We're going to find out. But who am I, by the way? I'm your host through time and space, Justin Zeppa, joined as ever by my international panel of experts at being human in the early 21st century, starting on my left. She's back with a vengeance. She's here. She's drinking water. Get used to it. Trishman Ike, welcome back to the program. Hey, guys. What's up? Nice to see you. Thank you for joining us, even though we're watching this movie today. <laughs> and then to your left... Across the Atlantic Ocean, beaming in, my sister and yours, Carolyn Nowrose. Hi, sis. Hey there. Welcome back to the program. Love to have you. Thank you as well for showing up. Always a pleasure. For In the Cool of the Day, 1963, today's motion picture extravaganza. You guys, well, first of all, just some, some slight housekeeping here. Uh, it's really nice to be back. It's 2023, as we referenced last week with Funny Face. Um, but I did want to note that like, it's nice to be making new content. Right. Because what happens is when you take a break doing shows, people tend to listen to like the last one that you posted, right? Which happens to be an affair to remember that was out there for the entire holidays. Uh, mortifying in that I missed at least 45 minutes of it. It was rough. So everybody watching the movie. Yeah. Watching the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Sleeping through the first half of the critical year end movie. (laughs) To the best of us. I know. I know. And I, you know, again, I apologize for that, but it's nice to be back beyond the balls. You have actually watched the movie we're making a show about today. You watched funny face. Oh, yeah, but I've been watching Funny Face for, for years, okay. so right. that one like I knew a, pretty well. Okay. That one's like in the canon. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. We, we could have talked for three hours without having watched it. Oh, easy, easy. Okay. This one, though, in the cool of the day, uh, now I made a little disclaimer earlier during the intro. Uh, this is, you know, normally we're talking U.S. life and culture, but here this is actually a U.S.-U.K. co-production, I believe. Mm. So it is very British. In flavor and style, 
And even the American parts seem very British. So Mm -hmm. let's just keep that in mind. But hey, come one, come all. Of course, one of our castmates, Catherine Sherlock, uh, this is, this is her bread and butter. Of course, it's where she comes from, you know, just talking UK culture. Could not be with us. She is in the UK. That's how much she loves it, but she will be rejoining us shortly. Okay. So let's get into this in the cool of the day. Right off the bat, this is an MGM picture filmed mostly in the UK, although they did go on location in Athens and, uh, and the rest of Greece when they go on their little road trip later. Oh yeah. Speaking of guys, it's February. It's a time of romance, right? Mm. So our theme this month, as stated before, is romance abroad, right? right? We got to get out of here. It's cold here. It's February. This sucks. Let's go on vacay. Let's go to the continent. Let's fall in love. All of us, right? So that's what we're going to do here. Uh, But (laughs) where are we going to start this movie? New York City. You know, it's a movie from this uh, era. We got to start in New York. There it is. Surprise, surprise. And we're getting uh, the most surprising part of this movie, possibly. Nat King Cole singing the theme song. Super classy. Love Nat King Cole's voice, of course. An incredible singer. Uh, How he got roped into doing this, uh, I have no idea. But here he is. So just enjoy that for three minutes. This movie also had one black person in a non-character of servitude. Yes, but he doesn't get any lines. He's introduced at a cocktail party, but that he just like nods. I don't even think he gets a line because he would have been. They would have had to pay him. Yeah. Um, the first lines of the movie, though, after we watch a car drive from the airport in New York to Connecticut. He's driven by an African-American chauffeur in a kick-ass station wagon, really nice station wagon. And, of course, this character is in servitude to an English white man, um, but a white man nonetheless. And he also talks about Mr. Sam prefers things like this, which is just a weird bit of phrasing in the world of servitude. Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. But uh, there it is. It's a blink and you'll miss it. We never see that character again. And we meet Murray Logan, uh, played by, what's his name? Peter Finch, I think. And yes, yes uh, he is being as, you know, so he is taken out to Connecticut to this big old house owned by the Bonner family, Sam and Christine Bonner. It's called Runny Brook. And it's just this like heap of old, old style, like country palace or whatever. Lots of wood paneling, lots of copper plates and things like that. Kind of rustic, yet you know that there's like millions invested in it somehow. It's that old money. Yeah, it seems kind of like old money because we're talking, and not just old money, but like old publishing money because we're talking about, uh, what are they called? Atlantic publishing or something like that. And this guy, Sam, he is part of the family that owns at least the U.S. branch of publishing. Again, uh, we've seen it a million times at this point, but publishing is the hot career move. Like, you're going to be either an editor or a writer. and magazine. Exactly. And it's the same thing as internet startups today. It's just uh, very in vogue, you know? So, anyway, we find out that this guy, Murray, who is uh, from the U.K., he is a, a... freshly ordained member of the board and is being welcomed into like the inner circle by Sam. And while he's uh, wandering the, the Bonner house, 
Murray catches sight of a sketch that's framed and placed on the mantle of this country home. And it is of a beautiful woman who we then find out is Christine Bonner, Sam's wife. Now, Sam, we don't get a lot of Sam in this movie, but we do get enough to know that his father who I assume is also part of the publishing empire. Uh, I would think well, so. He, did he meet the father? He does meet the father. Yes. Okay. Uh, Frederick, I think is his name. Yeah. But he's recently had a heart attack. Right. And also at this time, Sam's wife, Christine, has left him, has walked mm. out of the marriage. And he is obviously a little bit upset about this. Although his reasons are kind of bizarre. The whole, like, why she left was also a little bizarre. Because she... It wasn't clear to me why she left, apart from he was babying her, maybe? Yeah, I, that was the impression that I had as well, was that she wanted more of like an equal partnership, and he kind of treats her as this uh, fragile, little, Childlike. broken-winged bird. Yes, right. it, it, they they use that term, so like, she's just a child, you know? Like, what does she know about what she wants? And And I think there's even one line where he's like, She's not strong. Maybe that's why I love her or some weird. Um, yeah. So there's a, like, yeah, okay. The, there's a little like daddy aspect to the, <laughs> to the dynamic, oh. which is, you know, I mean, right? <laughs> Carolyn? Obviously. I mean, and to a certain extent, she does the same thing when she sort of transfers her affections to... Murray. Murray, yeah. Mm, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, a little less, mm, I don't know, it seems a little bit more open between them than the Sam dynamic, which is obviously like, it's a huge, it's a power thing. It's not really like a money thing because apparently she comes from money is what we're led to believe from. But, and there's this whole mystery about why is she so fragile? We're not quite sure. I mean, I was actually watching this movie and paying attention um, and really yeah. like, what's wrong with, what's it hap- wrong with her? No, it, it seemed very it almost so Victorian. Quickly. It seemed very yes. Victorian where it was like, she has some mystery illness and we're not sure what yeah. it is, but she <laughs> right. she's tight in her corsets and her husband is oppressive. And you know, it just seemed not of this time period for some reason. Darling, is your fibromyalgia acting up again? <laughs> right. Good heavens, please take to bed. Uh, your poor, is your, your poor hollow boned ankles. You? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She, here, drink some of this ouzo. It's good for digestion. <laughs> so what we what we do learn, you're right. It it is a strange setup, and it happens really quickly. Or so I thought. I don't know. The first, I, yeah, I watched I this twice. Too. The first time I watched it, it, I, it was just like when she gets sick at the end. I was really surprised by it. I was like, why is she sick all of a sudden? This is ridiculous. I had to go back and rewind it and be like, did she just die? Yeah. In the uh, end? It, I think she does. Right. right? That's what, but like, that's what I Wikipedia had, told me. I had to like rewind no. it. Like, did I just su- miss this? I know. This? I know. And, and my interest was waning by that t- time. So like, I looked away from the screen or once we get a drink or something like that, and I came back and it was just like, okay, she's in the hospital. She's she's in an know, air tent. I didn't want you to see, an oxygen she's tent. She's in her her ET sick bag, yeah. as I call it, and uh, and she's like saying, I didn't want you to see me like this. And then the next thing I know, it's just the end. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What happened to the movie? But because he goes back to Greece and just looks at stuff. 
<laughs> that's the Reminis- end of the reminiscing movie. Yes. about, and her. she has this odd obsession with Greece. Like the her whole reason for being sort of even you can tell even in the beginning when Murray is there and she's like talking to her father in law and she you know she gets into some conversation about Greece. Then like she's obsessed with Greece and therefore obsessed with Murray because he's lived in Greece. Kind yeah, he's her gateway to Greece. A little I bit. I don't understand. Well, so the what I got the second time around, I was paying very close attention, even though I really didn't want to, to what Sam is telling Murray when they're hanging out initially, which yeah. is that this is after we we actually meet her, but it's at they go to like a cocktail party, and Sam and Murray go off into a, like a bedroom to like talk about what is going on with mm-hmm. Christine. Now the lead up to this is that. Murray goes to pay tribute to Frederick, the ailing father. And while he's there, he meets Christine in person, who is also there to see Frederick as well. And there's a little spark in all this. Uh, you know, like she's a she's a beautiful woman, Jane Fonda. You know, right. this is like oh, she's beautiful. Very, yeah, she she's amazing, and uh, is is very charismatic, but does have that sort of wounded bird quality about her. So anyway, later at this cocktail party. Sam pulls Murray aside and is like, I heard that you saw Christine. What is going on with her? And he's like, oh, I don't know. You know, it just, it just seems like, I don't know. I can't explain it to you what, because he does, he barely knows himself. But Sam then explains that she's very fragile physically. When she was young, she had like multiple lung operations and is very susceptible to pneumonia. But she'll which outgrow is, it. But... <laughs> She's an adult woman. Will she? Yeah, right. Will she? I don't know. (laughs) But I feel like this has sheltered her in a way. So the idea of going to Greece is like, this is thrilling. You know, like my health usually doesn't allow for me to travel. Again, like you say, Carolyn, very Victorian, you know, very, you know, where's my fainting couch? You know, like, what is this? After this, they, they've they had a very nice time dating, <laughs> effectively. <laughs> like, it's really weird. Hanging out. And like chilling, bro. They're, they're chilling. Right. They're chilling. And Murray goes back to London, and he returns to his wife, Sybil, played by Angela Lansbury, who spends a lot of time hanging around at, house, yes. uh, at her house, uh, and at this point is listening to Somewhere Over the Rainbow, as sung by mm. Judy Garland, over and over and over again. And then we notice she she also does uh, some around the house projects like making lampshades, which, you know, she's like, I made a new shade. Check it out. She turns the lamp on. And as she does, it lights up her face. And then we see the scarring. But it is very quick when it happens. Right. I didn't notice it. And he is just totally, I don't know. He's borderline disinterested in anything she has to say. She's borderline disinterested and what he has to say, we have no. But, we can tell obviously that there is something not right in this marriage. We don't yeah. know what it is. Much like Sam and, I'm sorry, what is Christine? Jane name? Christine. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Calling her. You Jane can just Bonner call her Jane point. too. That's fine. We we all know. Does it really matter? Um, um, but this is. No. But again, there this just seems we, to be like complete disconnect in these marriages where it's like, how did you two even end up together? Yeah, why is this still going on? And this is where, you know, in my one-line review, I reference the movie Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf slash stage play, which is all about middle-aged couple dynamics and the sort of mm, the decay from within that happens. And so just like every 
word these people say to each other is like a backhanded, like cutting remark oh, yeah. about their inadequacy. <laughs> yeah. And it's tough to watch. It's a, it's a real nightmare. So we're, we're getting shades of that here. But the interesting thing but is guess- neither of these couples have children or like mm-hmm. yes. family well, lives did. that would. Did, mm. Well, yeah. The, yes, well, but- they did, I mean, and that that's part of the issue, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. But which they highlight it is, right? Eventually. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yes. We get more on that story later. I think that that's um, child rearing and raising kid, like young adults, kids, whatever. Like it's super taxing on mm. any relationship. It's interesting that, especially for Christine and what's his butt. Uh, Murray? <laughs> no, no, Sam. No, Sam, sorry. Sam. Sam. It's like, okay, so she's so fragile. They why are, can't you, have why kids. are you so confused about these names? Are you not in love with each and every <laughs> no. one of these characters? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was going to say, like, you kind of feel like that's where a lot of the friction, obviously, like in, well, maybe modern day marriages, but I'm going to say maybe in general, historically speaking, okay. it's like differences in child rearing. Um, financial differences or like approaches to finances mm-hmm. that, and then like differences in religion and things like that. Like some of those big temple yeah. things in, a, in, in, uh, seeing eye to eye with someone or getting along. Sure. It's sort of like, right, right. But there's no kids for them to be upset about or be like, I'm mm. exhausted. <laughs> so they just seem really exhausted for not with each other for not having like, yeah, for like living separate lives and, you know, uh, not having a lot of um, pressure, so to speak. Yes. I mean, it's largely, we we see their home life. It's Sybil watching television or listening to records and Murray reading his goddamn newspaper in the other room. And that's, that's it, you know? And then maybe we, we kind of bitch at each other a little bit and then good night, you know, see you later. Now, to be fair, Murray does make a nice gesture and he brings her back a dress from the U.S., and she, but she's so cynical about it all. She's just like, well, it's just the thing to excite the grocery boy, but I don't suppose anybody else will see it because, because of her mysterious scarring, she doesn't like to leave the house that often. She doesn't feel comfortable because she feels like everybody stares at her and everything. So she doesn't get out that much. I think it's a, it's a fair setup of two unhappy couples. Yes. Um, which is looking at the bridges between then and now. I think, you know, it, it's still. Problems that people face. Today. Oh yeah, these are you just know, human like human problems. Human problems, right? They take right. well. They resolve it by you know cross pollinating. No, I'm just kidding. They, <laughs> well, they figure out something for themselves. <laughs> right. yeah, I, I mean, it happens. I mean, I guess the yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Um, but you know, so she's real for whatever reason. She's real salty about this dress, and he's like, "Well, you know what? Okay, darling, I was trying to be nice. Why don't, yeah." <laughs> But he knows that she's just not happy with him. Well, why why don't we go to Greece? He floats this idea. Why don't we go on a trip? You know, we never go anywhere. You don't like to leave. Why don't we go somewhere and go see some stuff and have a nice time together? She, of course, takes this in a very cynical way and accuses him of philandering, basically, and is like, oh, I see. You're being nice to me because when you were in New York, you were being a little naughty, Murray Logan. Which is not wrong. Um, well, I mean, they're having, <laughs> he's having some dates. <laughs> Nothing's <laughs> physical is happening, but. <laughs> he's emotionally cheating. <laughs> That's, well, he's emotionally smoking. Right. With, with a, right. a strange woman. <laughs> 
Hey everybody, Midroll Jay-Z breaking in here per use to remind you about the fabulous products that we have available for you from Old Movie Time Machine. You can visit us at our Tee Public store, of course, and get yourself some merch, get yourself a little t-shirt, a little notebook, a little coffee mug, something like that. But also, you can join us at the Boom Room. It's our Patreon page, where for only $2 a month, you get double-length episodes, ad-free. So, if you're hating what's happening right now, me reading an ad, you're not going to get that on the Patreon feed. So join us. $2 per month. That's like nothing. That $2 is actually less than $0 in certain quarters, certain circles you can travel in. But join us there. You get twice the content, the full conversation about each and every movie that we do here. And if you join us, I'm going to thank you like I will right now. Thank you. And now back to the show. So. They decide to go to Greece and on the plane there, it's just champagne all around. And they talk with a a Syrian archaeologist friend of Murray's. And also Christine is trying to bond with Sybil and is like, oh, look out the window. over That's amazing over there. You can see that. And Sybil says, let me enjoy my thriller. I had a very sexy page, which is amazing. (laughs) Which also find a little weird that she's trying to cozy up to the wife. Of the man that she's trying to get with. I don't know. I don't know what the deal I'm is. Just say. Wh- okay, very so interesting human dynamics. That indeed. Play. Okay, so hey, you're a couple of women, right? Put me, man, into Christine's shoes. Why is she cozying up with Sybil when she clearly clicked with Murray? I guess is it because she's clicking with Murray? Is it a respect thing? Like, what's the deal? It's a guilt thing. A guilt thing. Okay. I feel. Do we feel like Christine feel, feels guilt though? Like I don't. I f- I feel like she is. Like she's trying to overcompensate for the fact that she's friendly with this woman's husband by overtly being friendly with the wife as well. Normally, I would I, agree with you, but <laughs> I think she's just trying to be in control of the situation mm. and uh, keep your enemies close. closer. Mm. Interesting. I feel like I don't, having watched this movie twice, I feel like I don't know Christine very well, other than she's a fragile, Mm -hmm. broken bird. But otherwise, I don't know. I can't tell. I feel like it might have been better if Sam actually was there with them and Mm -hmm. it was a movie about two couples Mm -hmm. and things kind of falling. Like they could, okay, if I were going to edit this movie, I would cut out the whole first, I don't know. 45 minutes of it? How long is this movie? That's a lot. hour and a half. We're going to need Maggie Prescott's big scissors from her desk to to cut that that amount. I mean, I just think I would have gotten to the point sooner in making it apparent that um, both marriages are falling apart. I would have gotten Mm. to the crux of those things sooner, quicker, Mm, within like two or three scenes and Uh then gotten to Greece where it's two couples going together Mm -hmm. and allowing the other two to float away and be, sorry, and be interested in other things and other Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. in Greece and allow, you know, the opposite husband, wife here with Christine and Murray to like, I I don't know. I guess I, that's how I would have done this movie. Well, in lieu of that dynamic, we actually have a a separate dynamic, which is this other passenger who's on the plane who, it's just not tight. This movie isn't tight. No, and no, I think no, that's why I'm trying to cut it. it and like, no. I want to like tighten it up and be like, we don't need this one draft extra guy and one that, draft only. Right. There was no editing. So when, when Sybil's talking about, I'm at a very sexy page, when she's doing that bit, 
who sh- you know the the guy sitting across the way sort of like looks up like hey who's reading sexy pages oh this this dish over here and he kind of he gives her the old eyeball right and he's a man with a mustache and uh is sort of tall and chiseled i guess so she takes note of this as well they arrive in athens and right away what do you do when you go to athens you got to go the to the Acropolis, you guys. You got to go see the Parthenon mm. and the Caryatids and all this, all the temples and the theaters and everything. So we are on location here. Beautiful to see, of course. Lovely uh, Acropolis. Uh, it looks incredible. Uh, if yeah. this film had been restored, it would look even better. But <laughs> it is great to see what the Acropolis looked like in the 1960s anyway. Uh, it's much less crowded than today. Right. <laughs> and But otherwise, looks pretty much the same. And here we get to see yet another type of fabulous smoking styles, which is Parthenon smoking. It's just Sybil sitting around on some ruins, just smoking, totally not impressed with any of this. Christine is is gobsmacked by the, the beauty of the top of the plateau there uh, and walks around with Murray just enjoying the sights as you do when you go there. And Sybil's like, whatever. The next day, Murray and Sybil start digging the daggers deeper, and she taunts him for not sealing the deal with Christine. She's like, you know, I just assumed that you were together now. You know, he's like, oh, it was just friends just hanging out. This was the big deal. And she's just like, you know, a real man would have sealed the deal with her by now. So what's up with you? And he does not take kindly to this, and he throws her on the bed. And he leaves like the whole time they're waiting to go down to the limo to, you know, for the day's chauffeuring or whatever. And Murray just takes off without Sybil. I'm not dealing with this today. You want to be like this. You'd be like this at the hotel. And uh, he's a real bastard about it. And she runs after him, but she, they've taken off. So Christina Murray hit the town, you know, hit the, hit the mean streets of Greece. And Sybil goes back to the hotel where she meets up with Lynn Groves again. And uh, eventually, this after the, uh, Murray and Christine return from the day's adventures, uh, they come back to find Sybil packing up her bags. I'm leaving. She's out. I'm out of here. I'm going to be with Leonard Groves. He's a real man, not like you. He's into me. And he is into me. He thinks I'm beautiful. He thinks my scars are not a big deal and I should go get me some. And so we're going up to the Riviera together mm-hmm. and he's going to... As one does. As uh, one does. We're just, going to the Riviera. Nice and Rome and all these things. What's the big deal? <laughs> and... <laughs> Which I don't know if... You um, only took me to Greece where everything's falling apart. Right. I want higher fashion. <laughs> yeah. Which um, I don't know if Murray ever said... Im- well, it was never implied in the movie that Murray didn't find her beautiful because of her scars. I feel like that's also right. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, I think it was it's never like a. No, it's more of like the head games they play right, with each other right, is more the blocker right, right. than what she looks like because you know, as we said, she looks fine. You know, she's, right, exactly. she has a scar. We, as do we all. Uh, so, <laughs> so she packs her bags. She's like, "All right, I'll see you later," and she just leaves the movie. It's a bold right. move on her part. As an actor, but she's just like, I'm packing up my things and leaving this movie. Farewell. I have murders to solve. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. And books to write about them. <laughs> and she stops on the way out to knock on Christine's uh, hotel door and be like, he's all yours. And then she just takes off. 
And Christine is sort of, again, I don't feel like I get Christine's inner world here right. as far as I like, is she happy about this? Is she upset about it? She's just sort of like, She's huh. always so like in angst. Well, she's, uh, yeah, she's very nervous, kind of hand wringing type of person. And, but otherwise, like in these moments, she's just sort of wandering from hotel room to hotel room, just sort of like, what's that all about? You know, mm. like what's, what's the big deal? But they decide to press on with their touring. And Marie and Christine then go to Delphi to go check out the ruins there. Uh, Delphi, of course, as they mentioned, it's the hub of the world or the navel of the world as seen in the ancient times. And that's where you could go get your fortune told by the Oracle of Delphi. And by which as I mean- she, As she breathed in the fumes. Exactly. So, Shrishma, are you familiar with this process? <laughs> no. Okay. So, they have a big temple at Delphi. Oracle yes. was high. They burn some <laughs> magical plants oh, underneath. Okay. The smoke rises mm. around the Oracle, who then gets sky high. Mm. And then the Oracle, I think traditionally a woman, would give an answer to your question. But in okay. a way that's sort of like open to interpretation. Right, so, right. like- Somebody shows up, hey, Oracle of Delphi, uh, my wife is pregnant. You know, I'm wondering if it's going to be a son or a daughter. So the, you know, the, the Oracle goes, gets real high, <laughs> comes back with the message, boy, no, girl. Mm. Three words, you know, depending on where you put the comma, could mean Anything basically, so you know that's just how they they hedge their I bets. I could be the Oracle of Delphi. You could actually, you'd be really saying, good at it. I think that's my new thing. Okay, I think this is a Career new change. social media account for right. you, the exactly. Oracle Oracle of Oracle Reykjavik or whatever. <laughs> this could be the thing, the thing for you. So here we have an, another type of great smoking that you can do. It's called Oedipus smoking, and this is Murray. <laughs> <laughs> at the uh, amphitheater at Delphi, uh, reciting some, I think it's Shakespeare maybe, while smoking a cigarette. And it is a, a fabulous way to have your cigarette. If you must do it, please go to Delphi to do it and then do it while performing at an abandoned amphitheater. Um, and then they run into their archaeologist friend again, of course. And then as they're touring the ruins, the weather starts turning bad. And also, Christine gets a phone call from her mommy, who we find out is coming to see her. She's chased her down across the globe. So they take off uh, because we don't want to run into mom, especially not at Delphi. Got to get out of here. So they take off, even though everyone, including their archaeologist friend and the driver, they're just like, this weather is crazy. These mountain roads suck. And you should not be traveling during this time. So please, I beg of you, don't do this. But they're like, no, you don't know how bad her mom is. We have to go. We have to go now. And so they drive uh, against everybody's wishes. And it's, you know, terrible rainy weather. And Christine catches a little chill in the back seat of the car. And they wrap her up with blankets and everything. And then the weather seems to kind of like pass over and things seem fine until a very shoddy driver uh, is driving parallel with somebody else in the other lane and they have to like spin out of the way to avoid an accident. And they crash the car off the side of the road. And uh, I suppose this kind of mirrors Murray's previous car crash. Kind yeah, of yeah. like, I was thinking he's been in a lot of, it's an yeah. echo of that. I'm not sure what it's not. I don't know what the narrative purpose of it would be other than like, Boy, he does get into a lot of these, doesn't he? <laughs> he needs to be safer. 
He needs a smart car. So anyway, they get into this accident, but they do manage to unstick the car and then they take the car down to a ferry across the bay. We get like an extended Greek dancing scene. I mean, we're in location. Let's shoot some Greeks people and let's shoot them doing their dancing, their cultural dancing, which they do. And Murray and Christine join in. Fall in love. They get back uh, across the bay and she is so sick. We're missing one key aspect though before the sickness falls, before she gets sick, they got to do it. Oh, right. Which is what happens. So they dance on the ferry forever. Then they get some drinks. Mom calls again. Sam has written everyone. Or no, I'm sorry. Sybil has, it turns out, has written a letter to like everybody they know <laughs> talking about their torrid love affair, which is not really happening, only in an emotional sense. And this seems to be enough of a trigger to where they can like have Go some drinks it. and then hook it up. And Thanks. they do. And they have a nice time together. Congratulations. Good for you guys. But then, of course, as soon as things are golden between them, she gets sick, right? And we knew she was a frail little bird. Mm. So she falls ill, calls her mommy to come pick her up and take see? her to the hospital. That was a really like rookie move. That you don't call mom. See, but this is the you know, well, this is the thing about Christine, right? Like we don't know. I don't know. Like what? Again, who? Christine? Who are you? Right. What's your deal? Like you hate your mom. But I guess you hate the idea of Murray seeing you sick and frail more than the idea of hanging out with your mom, I guess, is the deal. I don't know. If you can explain it to me, party line at oldmoviedimemachine.com. I mean, I couldn't. Murray has second thoughts on his drive. <laughs> Where he didn't kill himself this time. Mm, I'm wondering what that sentence means. Hold on. Oh, Murray starts... Okay, so Murray finds out about the sickness. He's driving to the hospital or like the town or wherever she's at. And this is where he's sort of like flashing back while he's driving, thinking about what everybody else said about her and her behavior. And he's like, huh, I wonder if she is too fragile for me to love. Uh, or, you know, like, I wonder if this is not going to be a great idea. Mm. What did, what did you call her? Blown glass? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Be careful with her. Handle with care. Please wrap her in tissue paper before you stick her on that airplane. <laughs> gentle. Gentle easy. Um, so he shows up at the place, but is intercepted by mom, who is like, I don't you could have taken care of her at the very least. I don't know why mom is also kind of sounds very English. I guess it's the North Atlantic uh, dialect that we've we've talked about before. That sort of New Englandy type of thing. It's like yeah, it's close to English, but with mm-hmm. an American flair. Uh, anyway, it turns out that Sam is here as well, and he meets up with Murray, intercepts him before he goes to the hospital. They share a drink. Sam, uh, having received Sybil's letter, is like, okay, so now I know what the deal is with you two. And on- he's really chilled out about the he's fact. He's pretty cool with it. Yeah. So <laughs> he's, he's more upset about the fact that she got sick. And he's like, you know, if you're going to fuck my wife, like you could have at least kept her warm. You know, <laughs> like you could have at least <laughs> given her some Robitussin or something like that, made sure she was taking vitamin C to avoid this illness. We all know that she's going to get sick. Uh, she is fragile. And so while I'm not too upset about you fucking my wife, 
I do ha- I take issue with the fact that she's now in hospital because you uh, can't you can't wrap her up right, you know. So uh, you know, it's a take. Good for them for being adults about it, I guess. And finally, we get to see her in the hospital, and she has been placed in a bed surrounded by her clear plastic ET bag, which is I'm referencing, of course, the end of ET when he gets sick and is in that terrible. So basically, like she she couldn't take his foreign objects in her body. Uh, That's one interpretation. Wow. It was too much. Foreign it was entities. Too much for foreign her. entities in her. Yeah. In her. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sure, it's my your words, not mine. But that could be could be part of it. You know, you're supposed to. Look, I mean, it killed her. Somebody. I hope her doctor was advising her. Look. <laughs> afterwards, go to the bathroom. With cranberry juice. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry. It's all too much. It's all too much. It's and she, all too much. The point is, she's in an ET bag, and she looks really bad. <laughs> she looks... She is on death's I door. I died from having sex with you. <laughs> what did she's you got a aggressive me. sexually transmitted disease. I mean, maybe not causation, but certainly correlation there. So she has to be wondering, like, God, what's wrong with this dude's dick? You know, like, what's this? Uh, regrets, right? What's happening? Oh, anyway. Goodness. He visits with her. She's looking awful. They roll back the ET bag briefly <laughs> so she can talk to him. Uh, and she's just like, don't blame yourself. It's I, me. Yeah, I had a really hot time with you. It was great. And then. It was worth it. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, let's hope so, right? Like, she's she seems to be real YOLO about it. So I guess he, you know, he did a, a fair enough job. And then we dissolve out of there and we catch up with Murray on a ship as he's going back to his island, I guess. And then he reflects very, very briefly. And then the fucking movie is over. And I don't know what, what the hell. Did she die? I guess we're led to believe that she died because like Sam at one point is like, she's not not even fighting it. Did she die? She's got to, you know, she's not even trying to get better, which... I mean, I don't know. You guys have ever been sick before, but like trying is not going to do it. You know, you need rest. I mean, they didn't even allude to the fact that maybe she had some life-threatening sickness or it was just... Just a callback to her previous history of illness, I guess. Her her chart. I mean, at least even if she had like, you know, cancer or something, like it just feels quite weird, the whole situation. It is uh, very oddly laid out in the language of the film. Mm. I I don't know. This is the end of the movie. Like that is actually, we haven't been talking for that long compared to some of these other movies, but like that is a comprehensive look at everything that happens in, in the cool of the day, take it or leave it. Um, That's the end. You'll notice that, you know, sometimes we clap at the end of these. We're not, nobody's clapping right now. (laughs) Everybody's a bit shocked, you know? So let's, uh, let's wrap it up and do the business. In the cool of the day, <laughs> since we're here, why not? Yeah. In the cool of the day, Shrishma Nike, 1963, Peter Finch, Jane Fonda, Dame Angela Lansbury at her Lansburyist. Do we keep watching this? No, <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, I just don't understand. For, for the first half an hour, I didn't understand what was going on. And then I had to read the plot on Wikipedia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, to organize myself. <laughs> we needed the spark notes Fair, version. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, 
So then I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then I was like, wait, did she die? Because uh, what, what, cost, is, what does Wikipedia what say? Is, Wikipedia says she dies. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, it was that really last funny. transition, that last dissolve right. was her dissolving away from this mortal coil. <sighs> Carolyn Nowrose, 1963, The Day, mm-hmm. It's Cool, Romance, Finch, Fonda, Lansbury. We keep watching this thing. <laughs> No. Okay. No, it's a hard no. Okay. What What did you not like about it, though? Why Why won't we let this through the gates? Because we needed the spark notes to figure out what the <laughs> fuck was going on. It's true. It's uh, true. Pay cl- if I you're going to watch this, pl- pay close attention to what everybody's saying. You need that I, info. Yeah. I mean, I just think that there's this could be done better in so many ways. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we should keep it. Well, guys, it's a rarity, but it's going to happen. We're going three for three today. Fuck no. Get rid of this. <laughs> How Let did you go. find this movie? It's just uh, during my initial research for things that we can watch that fit our criteria. Mm. This is on the list. I was curious about it. It sounded, you know, I, I like Greece. I've been to Greece. You know, I, I like Greece. Let's, let's take a look at it. Let's see what's right. happening. Right. And then you see Lansbury, of course. Again, Major Lansbury head over here. That's so true. that's true. It's like I definitely want to see that. And if you if you like Angela Lansbury, I will recommend this performance from her. She she does piece oh, out of the movie yeah. at a certain point. So you only have to watch like 40 minutes, maybe, but she's great when she's on screen. That's it, you guys. That's in the cool of the day. Oh sure. All right, sure. I mean, at least it's over. Because right? we talk through it. It's over. It's more yeah. for us than the movie. <laughs> Good for us. So I feel right. like I have a better understanding of what was going on <laughs> now that we've talked through it. Real? Okay, so. great, great. I mean, I, I feel better about it too. I will say <laughs> that Christine remains a cipher to me, but mm. what are you going to do? Uh, Jane Fonda is is totally fine in her performance. She's great. It's just a character with um, only two dimensions. So what are you going to do? But guys, it remains February. It remains a time of romance. And so we will continue our travels. We've been to Paris. We've been to Athens. Where are we going next week? Let's find out. Pay close attention, folks at home. This is your homework. The year is 1954. The movie is Three Coins in the Fountain. Oh, yay. Have you seen this one before? I actually haven't, and so I'm really glad to have a reason to watch it. Yeah, I've, I've never seen the whole thing myself, so I am as well. Let's hope maybe it's a little bit better than in the cool of the day. Here's the, here's the summary. Three American women working in Rome, Italy. Oh, we're going to Rome, everybody. Share a spacious apartment and the desire to find love and marriage, each experiencing a few bumps in their journeys to romance. Starring Clifton Webb. Dorothy McGuire and Gene Peters, a list of people I've never heard of before. So check that out. Uh, And until next time, thank you so much for listening. We will see you back here uh, next Wednesday for Three Coins in the Fountain, where we're going to get a little romance, uh, Roman style. So on behalf of the team here, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Shrishma, thanks for joining. Carolyn, thanks for joining. And I will send it over to me <laughs> in the future to give you the details. Take it away, self. 
Thank you so much, me from the past. Great job, team, back then. As today, but you tell us. Please write us, partyline at oldmovietimemachine.com. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us wherever you can follow us. Wherever we are, we need you to be there as well. Next week, as discussed, 1954's Three Coins in the Fountain. And it's available for you to watch uh, quite easily, actually. You can get it at Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Vudu, the Microsoft Store, and of course, DirecTV. And, and if you want to buy it, you can get uh, AMC On Demand and they have it as well. So go check that out and join us here next Wednesday when we're discussing Three Coins in the Fountain, a little more romance in old Europa. And until then, please... Never forget that this has been Old Movie Time Machine.